Listener supported. WNYC Studios. to the fourth movement of Angel Island, an oratorio from my next guest composer, Juan Rao, that'll make its New York premiere this week. The piece was first performed in 2021 on its namesake, an island off San Francisco that from 1910 to 1940 was the site of the Angel Island Immigration Station. The station operated as a detention center for immigrants, many of them from China and other parts of Asia a more hostile counterpart to New York's Ellis Island. The National Park Service estimates the station processed nearly a million immigrants over 30 years. It also describes a, quote, prison-like environment where men and women were locked in dormitories and unable to move freely. One of the remnants of the building's years as a detention center appear on its walls where people would carve inscriptions during their detainment. More than 200 poems in Chinese were inscribed into the immigration station, like this one. The floating clouds, the fog darken the sky. The moon shines faintly as the insects chirp. Grief and bitterness entwined are heaven sent. The sad person sits alone, leaning by a window. Some of the poems make up a bulk of the text of Rao's oratorio. This piece also features historical writings and context for the years that preceded the center's opening, which included the Chinese Exclusion Act passed in 1882. Angel Island will be staged at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, directed by Matthew Azawa, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. For a preview, I'm joined by Huang Rao. Hi, Juan. Hello. And, Hi, Ma- and Matthew Azawa. Hi, Matthew. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Huang, why did you want to adapt this history into an oratorio? Well, um, as an immigrant myself, I also uh, experienced the feeling of coming into uh, a new country with lots of hope and lots of unknown. Uh, And when I first uh, received a poetry book uh, from uh, Charlton Lee, uh, from the Del Sol Quartet, uh, it, uh, it just strikes me deeply of uh, what happened on the Angel Island. Um, and I could read those uh, original texts in Chinese characters and uh, mm. almost I can feel their, their voice uh, through those words. Uh, and uh, from that, we decided to uh, create uh, and uh, uh, a stage work oratoria, stage oratoria, opera theater, depends on what you want to call it, um, to really show um, our audience um, about this dark history of uh, um, uh, of Asian American journey. Matthew, when and how did you become familiar with Angel Island? Um, I worked with Wang Ro in the past, directing his An American Soldier at Opera Theater of St. Louis. And so while Huang Ro was writing this during the pandemic, um, we were chatting about it. And when he asked me to direct it, 
I knew this was really going to be a piece I wanted to delve into. I'm fourth generation Japanese American. My father was born in an internment camp. Mm. And I found out in directing this work um, that my great grandmother、uh, was a picture bride from Japan in the early 1900s and was actually detained、um, in immigration station. So there's a resonance, I think, to my own heritage, my own family history as it relates to the The hundreds of thousands of people who 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 were were detained in this station, and the nature of our kind of collective Chinese American and Asian American history、um, as it as it pertains to exclusion and prejudice and and racism and how we as a collective and how we as a country need to be resilient and hopeful moving forward, but also cognizant of how we、uh, welcome immigrants into the country. Wang, how does oratorio orchestra and voices allow you to tell the story? What are you able to convey about the story with the、yeah. genre? Yes.、Uh, so when I read the poem, I know immediately this needs to be sung through natural human voice because that's the most direct way to express ourselves,、uh, not just in words but also with music. Um, to that, I chose a string quartet because the nature of the string quartet song also carries this、uh, longing and feeling, could be joyful and could be sad. So,、uh, so it is written for twelve、uh, voices, a、uh, vocal ensemble of twelve voices and a string quartet. And uh, uh, with that, when I was writing it. It was、um, uh, during the pandemic, of course,、uh, and uh, with the rise of、uh, anti-Asian sentiment and uh, uh, hate hate、mm. crimes happening around the country,、uh, so that brought me more urgency of not only having the performance, just a musician standing on the stage and sing, but also. We should make that as a stage work because it's more dimensional, and、uh, the audience will feel so real happening in front of them, and、uh, it will emphasize the message it contained. So that was the moment I decided that、uh, this is not just an oratoria, but actually is a, a opera theater.、Mm. Matthew, yeah, let's talk about the production that people will see at BAM this weekend.、Uh, I understand it. It is also going to feature dancers and film and visual elements. Would you share with us what's been、um, included in in the bigger production? Yes, it's a huge collaboration with so many different artists.、Um, as Huang Rou mentioned, obviously we have the Del Sol Quartet, who are featured, the Choir of Trinity Wall Street. Um, archival filmmaker Bill Morrison、um, has created films that that permeate that that are throughout the entirety of the piece.、Um, Rena Butler, just an incredible choreographer, has created choreography for two of the dancers.、Uh, the set design is by Ru. Rakulchan, costume design by Ashley Solomon, lighting design by Yuki Nakase Link.、Um, Very multidisciplinary, very interdisciplinary, and multicultural.、Um, the piece itself is is slightly non-linear and non-narrative.、Um, it features moments、um, of focus on our history, and and for example, the Chinese Exclusion Act or the Page Act of 1875. But it also features these very poetic scenes with the chorus and the string quartet. 
fused with the dancing in the film um, that that um, showcase the poems that are sung. Um, the choir is fully memorized, and so everything is completely staged um, throughout the performance. We're discussing Angel Island, which will be at BAM this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm speaking with composer Huang Ro and Matthew Azawa, who is the director. Huang, I'm going to ask you to, to give us a little bit of a history lesson. The Angel Island Immigration Station opened in 1910. What had existed before it? How had immigration worked? Yeah, and uh, for that part, I think it was, uh, if I'm correct, it was... Uh, used to have uh, maybe uh, stations for uh, some kind of a military base. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was used as a, a immigration uh, center from 1910 onwards, uh, particularly for immigrants from Asia. Now, um, uh, not just China, but all, um, you know, India, Japan, Korea, uh, even some Russian, I believe, also came through. Uh, so on the wall, because the building itself was uh, made of wood, uh, because mm. it's in the Bay Area and uh, the, uh, the, there were earthquakes. So they make this uh, two huge complex in uh, uh, with wood. But because of that, the, the, the uh, detainees, majority the Chinese detainees were able to uh, uh, carve the poetry into the wall. And of course, uh, uh, the officers did not know those uh, poetries, so they thought it was just uh, uh, graffitis. So they painted over it, they patched over it to cover it, and then new ones will reappear. So that's how we get to more than 200 of them. Uh, I believe in, in the 40s, in 1940s, at that time, uh, U.S. and China became allies uh, to to fight the Nazis. Uh, so because of that collaboration, it became a little, uh, uh, you know, un uncomfortable to have a, mm -hmm. a detention center to contain Chinese immigrants. So I think the, the this place was shut down. And maybe there was also a fire also, if I, I remember correctly. And it has not been used until... Uh, Later on, I think either 60s or 70s, when they were uh, going to demolish the, the, the building, and then there is a, a, a ranger, uh, Alexander. So he discovered this uh, painting. He thought was, uh, you know, doesn't know what it is, just uh, pictures of mm -hmm. painting. Or so he brought someone to look at it, and then uh, they discovered these are poetries uh, carved in by the detainees uh, during the uh, detention uh, period. So uh, then there was a grassroots uh, movement to uh, collect funds, and there was a foundation being created uh, to save this uh, very historical site. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was able to uh, uh, maintain, uh, uh, renovate it, and now became the Angel Island uh, Museum of Immigrants. Yeah. yeah, we actually had a text from someone. It says, I visited Angel Island, powerful historical reminder of the Chinese Exclusion Act, also book of poems carved into the walls. Looking forward to the oratorio. Um, Matthew, what do we learn about the conditions and what it was like to be on Angel Island from these poems? What do they tell us? 
Yeah, these poems really depict uh, an array of emotions. I mean, we're we're talking about individuals who are coming to America. I think many of them thinking that they were coming to a different, a better life. Obviously, so many of the Chinese were brought over to build the transcontinental railroad, um, and then obviously in the in the 19th century, so 1800s. Um, they were, you know, perceived as as threats to to the job market, to the economy, which of course resulted in these incidences, such as the Chinese massacre of 1871 in Los Angeles, which resulted in the hanging of 17 to chi 20 Chinese immigrants, and then, as you mentioned, the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, the first and only law implemented to prevent all members of a specific ethnic group from immigrating to the US. So those that were then detained, thinking that they were coming to freedom, you know, seeing that on the other side of the bay, you know, they were really stuck on this island, stuck inside of this immigration station. And those poems really do also show some of the hope of what could be possible, but also anger and resentment and frustration and sadness over being sort of stuck in this station. What's really fascinating, and when you visit the station, um, what such a haunting quality is that these poems were sort of puttied and, and, and painted over um, mm -hmm. by the officers and and those detained continued to carve into the walls. And so you see these poems that are, you know, feel like erasure on the walls, poems that are deeper, more deeply carved in there. There's something very haunting about that. Um, and the many, many different lived experiences that were held, hundreds of people within the rooms of this immigration station, all of this, you know, hauntingness and, and, and the nature of, of looking back at this past, we hope to recreate through the perspective of a modern day Asian woman who comes across these artifacts of her great grandmother and of these poems and of pictures that start to teach her about um, her Chinese American past. Wang, the text of your piece is largely based on the poems and the inscriptions. What was your process for selecting what poems to include? Yeah. So, um, Back then, I was thinking, um, you know, I want to create a, a logic to uh, use this poetry. And uh, in a way, I found four poems. Uh, they create a chronological order. Uh, the first poem is called The Seascape. It's about arrival to the island. Uh, and uh, it's about one person's journey uh, uh, voyage crossing the ocean and coming to the island and in front of this person is the wooden building you know so this person did not know what's inside yet uh, and the second poem uh, is about someone who who was detained on the island for quite some time uh, could be several months already and uh, this person's mentality went a little um, uh, in you know, beyond the normal self, uh, to put it politely, and uh, through the poetry, you actually could feel this person's anger, but also kind of insanity mm. uh, uh, in those words. Uh, this person imagined, wish to have a, a, a weapon, a concealed weapon to take revenge uh, of what this person was suffering. Uh, and of course, that was not real. That was not possible. Um, and the third poem is about a, 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 
a death of uh, a detainee and written by uh, his or her friends to honor this person, uh, full of regret and full of uh, uh, sadness. Uh, so, so it's, it's about funeral and it's about um, the process of coping of a death friend. Uh, and the last one is uh, a departure of someone who was being sent off back to uh, where they came from and uh, uh, sadly leaving this uh, lone peak surrounded by the ocean. That's the name of the poem. So it forms a journey of uh, uh, arriving, leaving, death, and departure. So that was my logic uh, mm -hmm. to create the singing scenes of the Angel Island. We're discussing Angel Island, which will be at BAM this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I'm speaking with composer Huang Rao and director Matthew Ozawa. Uh, the text also of the oratorio also includes writings, historical writings from the decades prior to the opening of Angel Island. I want to play a clip from Movement 3, which features some historical context. Let's take a listen. The American Consul in Hong Kong from 1875 to 1877, David H. Bailey, was put in charge of regulating which Chinese women were actual wives of laborers allowed to travel to the United States as opposed to prostitutes. Bailey set up the process with the Hong Kong authorities and the Tung Hua Hospital Committee, an association of the most prominent Chinese businessmen in Hong Kong, before a Chinese woman could immigrate to the United States, she had to submit an official declaration of purpose in emigration and personal morality statement, accompanied by an application for clearance and a fee to the American Congress. Matthew, how does the piece benefit from broadening the scope to include historical material? I think it gives a, a, a broader context to everything that those who were detained, what was happening in the nation around them, and I think reasons for why the exclusion and why these prejudices really existed, um, and the hardships that they had to go through in being questioned in their travels to get here. There's something very resilient in the fact that we as Asian immigrants and generations, you know, um, uh, uh, forward are are still here and are building bridges for the next generation. And I think there's something about recalling and connecting and learning from our, our heritage and our past and our ancestors' experience coming to America that can really help us to feel empowered and to ignite discourse and empathy and understanding towards those uh, coming into the country. Wang, you originally premiered this piece on Angel Island in 2021. What was it like to stage this work in the space that inspired it? So back then was at the height of the pandemic. We wasn't really staged because the, you know, the space was very limited. Mm. It uh, wouldn't, uh, uh, wooden floor, wooden wall, in uh, with all these uh, rusted uh, poles uh, full of the uh, uh, inside to support the the, the building. Um, everyone was masked, including the singers. Uh, we were originally not allowed to sing inside due to the pandemic uh, policy. But then we were going to perform outside, but then it starts raining. It forecast as a, it's going to rain. This is the Bay Area in November. <laughs> uh, so uh, then we were allowed to go in, and uh, but the condition is everybody, including the audience, conductor, 
uh, everyone needs to mask and the singer. Uh, Two, two performances also now. People actually heard about it, read about it. They took fairies coming to to see this piece. You know, it's quite quite a, a, a long journey. But uh, nowadays, you would say uh, going to uh, uh, is kind of a performance art, right? You have mm-hmm. to engage the audience to to take a ferry to to uh, travel to see. But um, I remember during the performances, uh, I personally uh, shared. Uh, shared tears in my eyes uh, uh, because I I almost I, I could feel the 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 spirits uh, come coming out from the wall and standing there and listening to us and because of the buildings made of wood it was so resonant acoustically it's beautiful mm. uh, to put it that way and it doesn't need any amplification every song is so clear and it's so quiet all the audience was just taking in every bits of uh, sound and the words. Uh, it was an experience. It's unique and uh, won't be like anywhere else, I should say. Matthew, after someone sees Angel Island, what do you hope are some of the conversations people have? What do you hope people talk about afterward when they go for coffee or a drink? I think something that I experienced in delving into this piece is learning about my own family history um, and and the immigrants that have come to this country. I hope that in seeing this piece, people will reflect on their own journeys, um, that they will you know, see people um, on the street differently. I think we so often just pass people and and on, don't make eye contact and live in our little bubbles, but really we're a confluence of so many um, cultures and ethnicities and people who have journeyed um, across the globe to be here in America and be here in New York City. And I hope that there's, you know, dialogues with people that you wouldn't expect to talk to because this is everyone's story. It's not just um, ours. Angel Island will be at BAM this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I've been speaking with its composer, Huang Rao, and its director, Matthew Azawa. Thank you so much for making time today. Thanks. Thank you. The new film, American Fiction, is about an erudite yet frustrated author who goes ignored by publishing until he writes a novel embracing all the stereotypes about black life in America and has the biggest hit of his career, much to his chagrin. Jeffrey Wright is earning raves for his performance, and he joins me next. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know wherever you get your podcasts.